Welcome to Renew Humanity, the podcast for heart-centred social changemakers. I'm Tiana, a mid-twenties changemaker from Australia on a mission to live consciously, explore and change the world. As a life coach for changemakers, whose practice is centred on three fundamental pillars, philosophy, spirituality and social change, this show dives deep into how you can find and live in alignment with your truth, the mindset and strategy tools to increase your impact and ways to help you thrive across all areas of your life. If you're a social change maker who is ready to serve humanity as an abundant, heart-centered leader, this is the podcast for you. This episode of Renew Humanity is brought to you by the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. I believe that young people can have serious impact in the social change space, but you can't do it alone. And that's why I founded the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. Whether you're just starting out your journey as a changemaker or looking to build stronger networks and foster collaboration over competition for social impact, we're here to help you support each other, learn from each other, and have a greater impact. Just head to humanitarianchangemakers.net or listen to the Changemaker Q&A podcast on your preferred podcast platform or grab a copy of our social change handbook at thechangemakerinyou.com. Spirituality isn't something that just works well with social change. It's something that is arguably necessary for social change, which you will learn from today's guest. Born in Pakistan, then moving to England before settling in America, Wajid has lived an interesting life, from a technical background as a field service engineer to following his passion for acting and comedy with a 20-year career as a stand-up comedian and union actor. Over the last 40 years, Wajid has explored the fields of metaphysics, healing, spirituality, and other New Age concepts, and has now written his first book, The Struggle for World Sanity, to show others the way out of the current chaos enveloping the world at the dawn of a new era of peace and enlightenment for all who will remain on planet Earth after this great change which has now started. So thank you so much for joining me. Could you begin by just telling us a little bit about who you are and what your story is? Hi, Tiana. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, My name is Wajid Hassan. Um, I I was born in Pakistan, raised in England, now living in the United States. And um, my background has been primarily technical as a field service engineer, and then I kind of changed my career back in uh, 1999 and uh, got into the entertainment business, uh, worked 20 years as a uh, uh, union character actor. And then just recently I I wrote a book last year and I'm focusing uh, primarily uh, on uh, on the book, which was published in Amazon called The Struggle for World Sanity. I'd love to hear more about your book and what it's all about and kind of what inspired you to write it. Um, well, for, for the last 40 years, I've been following uh, a yogi master by the a Western yogi master by the name of Dr. George King. And uh, so part of the reason for writing the book was just to put in some uh, memoirs, my own spiritual journey, my experiences with, with my yogi master, some mystic, uh, experiences that I had as well, and and also to to um, 
reveal some aspects of truth which the, which the mainstream media has not talked about and uh, which is very relevant uh, in these days of uh, chaos and turmoil. Mm. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your spirituality. How did you kind of get into, I guess, new age philosophy and what was this like? Um, did you kind of grow up in this, with this background or like, how did you kind of get in? You know, I actually didn't, but I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of reincarnation. I believe that, uh, uh, I think that truth also needs to be told to the world of reincarnation because that's been kept hidden from the masses and uh, the truth of reincarnation. Uh, we, we have experiences from our past that we bring and then we're, we're here to learn different experiences through different lives. And I felt that, uh, you know, when I was in England, I was raised as a Muslim and I went to the mosque, did their Arabic prayers, the, read the Quran, but I also went to Church of England school uh, where I had Bible studies, uh, Christmas carols, hymns. And so, I, I, you know, I got, I got both both. Islamic and Christian uh, uh, teachings. And so I have nothing against uh, religion. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open to all religions. But when I was 16, that's when I met my yogi master. And, and prior to that, I read a book called Autobiogra Autobiography of a Yogi by Pramahansa Yogananda from the Self-Realization Fellowship. And it flooded a lot of memories back of of India and past lives and stuff like that. So uh, it was it was around 16 that I got into metaphysics and healing and yoga and UFOs and a lot of new age concepts. So I've been f doing that for about 40 years. I didn't make a career of it, just something I kept in the background and just promoted my organization, my master's organization, the Ethereum Society. And it's only recently since I published the book that I'm coming out more uh, because of what's happening around the world, which I'm sure you and your listeners are quite aware that uh, we are living in chaotic times. Mm. I think a lot of people that um, listen to the podcast and also that I've worked with um, that are very active kind of environmentalists or humanitarians often don't come from a very spiritual background. So maybe for those listening who have had more of a secular upbringing, I'd love to know how you think spirituality kind of influences um, environmentalism and humanitarianism and you know do you think we can have kind of true environmentalism and true social justice without this element of spirituality well you know tiano people need to realize that we're, we're actually spiritual beings in physical bodies it's not the other way around uh, when we die we don't keep our physical body. We, we, go, we have an aura, we have psychic senses, we have a soul that moves on to different realms of existence and then we come back. So, you know, they talk about a, um, uh, you know, uh, they talk about hunger and famine around the world. But the problem right now is there's a, there's a, a spiritual famine. We, we're not feeding our souls and our souls need to be fed just as much as, you know, brushing our teeth and taking a shower and, and eating food. And so that's, that's a, a natural aspect of us, which uh, regardless of it, whether you believe in a divine creator or any particular religion, it's just a natural aspect uh, of us. So um, we are spiritual beings and, and the problems right now that are occurring around the world, you know, we have 
pollution. We have, you know, uh, division between races and religions. We have po political systems that are archaic. Um, we have endless wars. And all these have been created primarily because of uh, one particular sin, and that sin is ignorance. And we're ignorant of the spiritual laws which were laid down by prophets of old. And we just need to return back, you know, to simple things like thou shalt not kill, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself, you know. And so we, we've regressed and it's time for us to rise up en masse in peace and, and raise our vibrations because of what's not only occurring now, but what's also going to occur in the future. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like... Personally, for me, I think I kind of had that realization maybe six to 12 months ago that I think the kind of like world peace that we really want to bring about as young change makers is never going to happen unless we kind of have a level of spirituality and kind of lifting our collective consciousness together. So I think that's really interesting what you've said. I'd love to know maybe for anyone who is kind of ready to start exploring the world of spirituality, but they feel a little bit like overwhelmed or they're not really sure kind of how to go about it. Do you kind of have any recommendations or first steps that you'd suggest they take? Well, um, one, you know, right now they have the, the COP26 um, uh, conference going on in Glasgow, uh, Scotland, and you've got world leaders you know, they're coming together and talking about climate change and what we need to do for climate change. And, you know, um, I saw one of your videos where you talked about, you know, uh, environmental and humanitarian issues have to have a coding of spirituality behind it. And the one thing they're missing, Tiana, which the indigenous tribes around the world, uh, new, age, new age thinkers, philosophers, metaphysicians know, and the, the main key that they're missing is the fact that we live on a beautiful goddess, a living, breathing goddess called Mother Earth. And it's time, first of all, that people, that the leaders of the world recognize the fact that we live on this beautiful, uh, highly evolved uh, being that uh, we need to worship and thank for everything that she's done for us. And so one aspect of, of that spiritual change is to recognize uh, the fact that we have raped this beautiful uh, planet over the centuries and without giving back. And so this take, take, take and reducing uh, carbon emissions and this, that and the other is all physical material things geared towards, you know, in the economy. But one thing, one thing that the listeners, your listeners need to open up and probably realize anyway, the fact is that we, that Dr. Dr. King said that the most holiest, the most sacred being we will ever touch in all our millions of lives on this planet is the ground beneath our feet. So one aspect of opening ourselves up to a spiritual uh, op uh, change or inspiration is to recognize, first of all, this beautiful spiritual goddess that we live on, uh, nature, going to nature, uh, send out light to the to the um, to the divic kingdom, the nature spirits that control the weather. Uh, that's one aspect. See, I'm not talking about dogma or religious religious teachings. I'm talking about coming back to nature, and that's one aspect that we can do is just just start sending out light uh, to the planet, uh, sending out this energy, universal energy 
called L-O-V-E, the healing energy of love, which, you know, people have used in the past and which, 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 which is so, you know, really, really lacking in these days. And that's the kind of renaissance that we need right now in order to make that humanitarian and environmental change. Mm, I love that. Um, I'd love to ask a few questions about your career. You've had quite a diverse um, career and I'm sure a lot of young people who are kind of just beginning their career can sometimes feel overwhelmed. They have no idea which path is the right path to choose. Um, I'd love to know, did you kind of always know what you wanted to do in terms of your career? Um, or do you think that you kind of were just like winging it a little bit and following your passions um, as they all kind of came up? Um, I, I had no clue what I wanted to do till I, till actually till I reached the age of 39. That's when I wanted, I realized, oh, I need to get into what I wanted to do when I was 15, which was acting and comedy. And so, um, uh, you know, at 15, my, my drama school teacher pleaded with me because I got in front of the school, made people laugh and my parents would have nothing to do with it. So it was kind of suppressed. And so finally I did got get to do what I wanted to do. And then later on now, I'm also doing what I wanted to do. And it's very interesting, uh, Tiana, that during the pandemic, a lot of people quit their jobs and they just like said, you know, enough is enough. I want to do what I want to do. Um, the only advice I can tell your listeners is to use your intuition and just open up. Uh, you know, in my book, I said the intuition is the greatest uh, lie detector ever built on the planet and you just have to open up your mind, open up your intuition and then see what flows and what direction uh, your higher uh, aspect or your higher power uh, is, is trying to guide you. So that's one thing that, uh, you know, I should have done before I reached the age of 39. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people can relate to kind of having that societal or parental pressure to go down one particular path. Do you think that like your career as an engineer though, kind of, you know, still shaped who you are and you don't have any like regrets for going down that path, do you? Um, I enjoyed my career as in the technical field. I, I think I just got burnt out. Mm. Um, it, it was very intense, and very, you know, uh, left brain, you know, logic and technical and then, I got it back into right brain, inspiration, creativity. So I've had both, best of both. And I think it's a good balance. Mm -hmm. I think it's also good to, to have a, a balance between, you know, the left and right brain. Uh, so I, uh, because of that, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. It taught me a lot about concentration, focusing. So now I can, you know, um, focus more better I mean, I, I would spend eight hours on a project without having a break. And so, you know, at least I have that training. So everything in life is an, is an experience which should be uh, appreciated because we didn't come here for, for, to suffer. Everything is, an, is a teaching, is a lesson. So I look at everything in my life as a lesson that's made me a slightly better person than I was. Mm -hmm. And I guess, yeah, every kind of step that you've taken on your journey has led you down to the path that you're on now. So, Yeah, I didn't expect uh, to write a book and I didn't expect to, to be talking on podcasts and, and revealing truth. I, you know, my, my thing was fame and fortune and trying to be famous. And, you know, uh, 
that's few and far between in Hollywood. Only a handful of people do it. But I'm glad I had 20 years of getting regular work as a union actor. So I'm happy about that as well. Mm. So what was it that made you kind of take this next step and write your book and kind of begin sharing this message with the world? Was it something that you'd kind of had this voice in your head saying, this is something I should do for a while? Or was it kind of just like one day you woke up and you were like, no more suppressing this. I have a message to share. Like, what was that process like? Um, I, you know, a series of events happened where I, I moved and uh, I'm closer with my immediate family now. And I had no clue that, you know, I was going to write the book. It took like three years to, to even get it published. And uh, I had no clue that I would end up, you know, uh, promoting it and promoting these truths. So sometimes um, if, if, if you're trying to do something really hard and nothing's really working, maybe it's, it may not be what you're supposed to do. And with the book and the interviews and the promotion, everything kind of flowed into place. So I think it was meant to be. And so when, when something flows and it's, and it's effortless, uh, it was meant to be. And, you know, uh, when I wrote the book, it, it became a number one bestseller on Amazon on two categories, uh, UFOs, spirituality, and mysticism. And so it, it just showed me that there's a tremendous amount of interest around the world now in these, in these, uh, in these topics. So, uh, yeah, if it flows, it's, it was meant to be. If it's a real, real drag, maybe it wasn't, you know, um supposed to be so yeah i think everything unfolds the way the way you get into you get out of life what you put into it basically i love that i think that's so true i feel like a lot of the kind of like side projects or passion projects that i've had like throughout my studies and whatnot they've always just kind of like really flowed nicely and I think that was a really good indication that I was doing the right thing or what I was supposed to be doing. And yeah, I like that. Um, you would describe yourself as a humanitarian and an environmentalist. Um, were you always kind of interested in making the world a better place and all of these things when you were younger and when you were growing up, or was it something that you kind of discovered later on in life as you kind of discovered your spirituality? Um, I think after, you know, meeting my own yogi master, I got more involved in service. And, you know, th that's the key today is, you know, uh, in my book, I wrote that the, new, that the, that the, the, the religion of the world to come will be, will be service, service to others. And that's what's needed today. Um, if anybody knows anything about astrology, where we are now in the Aquarian age, from the Piscean Age in the, to the Aquarian Age. And the Aquarian Age is pushing mankind, is pushing all of us uh, to go, to, to think globally, have a global conscience, uh, regard ourselves not so much as a, a white man or a brown man or a black man or a belonging to this race, but uh, belonging to one race. And so that that is being pushed on us astrologically energies are being thrown at us right now which are which are actually raising our vibrations and another aspect is also which people are not aware of that the mainstream media doesn't talk about is that the planet earth mother earth herself is raising her vibrations she's also uh, evolving and and it's every year uh, she's releasing energies in, in, around so it's up to us to also 
uh, raise our vibrations along with what's going to happen because things right now don't look very good, but it's been prophesied not only by my yogi master, but masters of old of this great new age that's coming in the next couple of centuries or, or longer where there will be no wars, there will be no nuclear uh, fear, there will be no uh, races or economic system. Uh, there is going to be a, a beautiful new age that's going to come on, on, on Mother Earth. So it's up to us if we want to be part of this or if we want to continue and regress into the madness that we have right now. Wow. How have you like learnt about all of this stuff? Have you learnt it from following your yogi master or just reading lots of books written by like other people? I'd love to know. You seem uh, to have pretty, a lot of knowledge on this topic. Um, pretty much mostly from my yogi master, who uh, I believe was uh, was extremely advanced uh, uh, master who, who was in contact with beings on higher vibrations, different planets, um, and so a lot of lot of what I talk about, I'm just kind of his emissary. You know, he passed away in 1997, so it's up to me to, you know, put forward uh, his teachings uh, in in the way that I can, so that others can be inspired. Uh, well, I'd love to know. Um, do you have any advice for young people? who maybe feel like they need a little bit more direction or clarity or focus in their life to kind of live more in alignment with their truth and figure out what their kind of like thing in life is? Well, the, like I said, the biggest calling right now is, is to detach from, from your personal life, not focus too much on your personal life and focus on helping others like you're doing and like thousands of other young people are doing around the world. And when you do that, uh, you invoke the law of karma, you know, action, reaction, being opposite and equal. So if you get more out of yourself and get involved in humanitarian and, and environmental work, uh, you yourself will be helped and uh, your passage will be seen clearly. Um, like I say, Dr. King said that the greatest energy crisis in this world is not fuel or, or any of that stuff. He said it's the spiritual energy crisis. We're not using spiritual energy. And so what we need to do is start sending out this energy. It's a very tangible energy, just like electricity, but on a different octave of existence. And people can stand in front of a mirror and you can just visualize white light leaving the heart center and the palms of the hand. And it will reflect back on you. You'll feel a tingling around your fingers, around your aura. And this, this energy, which if you're psychic, you can see, but most of us can't see this energy but it's on, because it's on a higher vibration. Uh, that's the calling of the day is to send out this tremendous uh, healing power to transform not only... Uh, Mankind, but also transmute this 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 energy uh, that we the majority of people have been sending out of hate and jealousy and apathy and greed and avarice, and so we need to neutralize that by sending this energy. Um, I belong to a group of people from 30, 40 different countries. We we get together every pretty much every day and send out this uh, this energy. So if people are interested in learning about sending sending out healing or spiritual energy um they can go to this website called 12blessings.org the 12 being numerical uh that's a that's a good place that, that they can start but primarily it 
you know, regardless of what your feelings or your beliefs or your ambitions are, the main thing, if you keep service in the back of your head that you, that you, that you want to help other people, uh, you, you will, not might, you will succeed in whatever endeavor that you do, just like you're succeeding because your main purpose is from your heart, not from your head. Mm, I love that. You mentioned before that when you were working um, in the technical field, you got very burnt out. I was wondering if you had any kind of tips or advice for young people, because I think that burnout is becoming more and more prominent um, in our society. Just any kind of tips or advice for avoiding Burnout. Well, see, there's an apathy, and I totally understand the apathy within, with the younger generation. They look around, they see, they see uh, the political and the generals and, and, you know, all these people are just, and the media is just churning out hate and fear. And, and so people, you know, uh, people are despondent. Young people are despondent. They don't know what their future is going to be. And, and so, you know, I, I'm here to, to give a message that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel, that it doesn't have to go into, you know, um, addictions or suicide or depression or anxiety uh, or fear. And that's prevalent uh, right, right now. So we, what we can do is we can change this. Uh, we can rise. Uh, one one uh, beautiful visualization that your listeners can do to help to help is, is called the, the practice of the violet flame, which was given uh, back in the 60s. It was a very, actually a very secret practice that, that, was, that was used actually in the days of Atlantis, and it was only revealed after 100,000 years. But what people can do when they're feeling despondent is to just think down to the Mother Earth and ask of her this beautiful violet flame and bring this around themselves. It's a, it's a very beautiful uh, practice of protection, mental and psychic protection against, you know, not only against outside uh, influences, but also uh, what's going on in your mind. So it's a beautiful practice that, the, that your listeners can do every day. Just put this violet flame around themselves. It, it feels like a, like a velvety soft energy that comes from the mother earth and it's a very protective uh, form to help uh, with this uh, feeling of apathy in these days. I think that's a great piece of advice and a great practice that everyone can try. Well, final question is how can everybody connect with you? How can we grab a copy of your book? Uh, you just go to my website, wajidauthor.com. That's uh, W-A-J-I-D-A-U-T-H. Awar.com, <laughs> And uh, so the information is in there about the book, about my, my yogi master and his organization and uh, the path that we need to take uh, in these, uh, these troubled times. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at a underscore new underscore humanity or head to anewhumanity.net to access our coaching materials. And if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at tianaj.com.